Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and perhaps any four-legged, winged, or finned friends who may be eavesdropping, and welcome to another episode of the Hack Your Gut podcast. I'm your host, Dave Mayo. Today's episode is the truth about chronotype. We're going to discuss something that's very often misapplied and confusing to many people, and that is your chronotype. You may have heard of terms such as early bird or night owl. Those essentially are your chronotype. Before we begin, we're going to discuss the Hack Your Gut online health coaching program because I've gotten a few questions about that program. Ultimately, people want to know, is this going to have the circadian retraining program and the Stop Leaky Gut Challenge in it? This does not contain that information. This program is more focused on applying principles of things like the circadian retraining program. This is just to help you harness the science between, behind behavior change and give you more tools to maintain compliance with that change and to produce effective lifestyle change. Now, the pre-release, which is what's going on now, is almost full. It's limited to 10 people, and I believe there are two spots left. Uh, the modules for the program were going to go out next week, but people have been chomping at the bit to get to them. So I'm going to release the modules on this Friday, which is in two days. So if you're interested in joining the Hack Your Gut online health coaching program, which is going to involve online consults with me, Dave Mayo, and uh, just to help you change your lifestyle, it could be weight loss, you could be trying to improve your gut health, you could be trying to improve your sleep, maybe become more physically active or manage stress. So the purpose of the program is to help you do that. And there's going to be a lot of tips and a lot of motivating by me, Dave Mayo, to help you get the lifestyle change that you're looking for. So now on with the show. So the truth about chronotype. The impetus for this episode is that chronotype is something that very few people accurately understand and something that they often misapply the science to in order to kind of justify things that they're already doing. So if you're not familiar with what your chronotype is, you're probably familiar with the terms early bird and night owl. Those are the two kind of polar ends of the chronotype uh, distribution. There's also a few intermediate types when you get into kind of assessing your chronotype. But before we get into that, let's kind of discuss some definitions so that you can get a better understanding of what chronotype is. The first is free running period. Your free running period is how long your clock runs in the absence of any environmental cues such as light, feeding, stress, temperature, etc. So think of your free running period as, you know, you have an hourglass. Some people have an hourglass with more sand in it than others. So they will have a longer free running period. When you remove environmental exposures, they have more sand in the hourglass. The next definition is circadian phase. The circadian phase essentially identifies the peak of a physiological factor and the trough. So in other words, when you have the most alertness and when you have the least alertness, this is a circadian phase. It's essentially a full loop of the circadian rhythm. Now a circadian phase angle tells you where you are in relation to a specific time cue. So we'll focus on light. 
For example, people with a smaller phase angle will have a circadian rhythm that more closely follows exposure to light than people with a larger angle. People with a larger circadian phase angle are either going to be extreme night owls or extreme larks, whereas people who are, you know, much smaller phase angle are going to be closer to the intermediate range. Circadian amplitude. Circadian amplitude is the size of your circadian rhythm. So how high your peaks go and how low your troughs go. And finally, chronotype is essentially defined as whether you're very, very early or very, very late or somewhere in between. So there are essentially five chronotypes. There is a definite early bird, a moderate early bird, intermediate, moderate night owl, or definite night owl. So we have these five different chronotypes that we can look at, and we'll discuss a little later. There's actually a, there's a questionnaire you can take to help determine your chronotype. Now, what's really important to understand is that just because you take this test doesn't mean that you are that type all the time and that's the only type you can be. This is part of the confusion with chronotype. People believe it's essentially dictated by your genes, which it is partially dictated by your genes, but they believe that since you're a night owl, that means you are genetically a night owl and you are always going to be a night owl and there's nothing you can do about it, which couldn't be further from the truth. So let's get into that. There are a number of variables that drive your chronotype. And we will begin with genes. So genes that you have that kind of push you towards being an early bird or a night owl or you know somewhere in between. Normally these genes are going to be what are known as clock controlled genes. Clock controlled genes are essentially akin to what I mentioned earlier with the free running period. Those clock control genes essentially dictate how big your hourglass is. So people with a longer free running period are going to have a bigger hourglass and they're therefore going to tend to be night owls. Whereas people with a smaller hourglass are going to have a clock that runs much faster and they're going to have a shorter free running period. So those are the genes. Now there are other variables that are important. For example, age. When we're really young, we tend to be early birds. Then when we go through puberty and into the early 20s, we become later. We shift to a later chronotype. And part of this is the reason why people say it's so bad to have school starting so early, especially for high school students, because they're essentially shifted more towards night owls and we're expecting them to wake up at 5.30 in the morning when this isn't necessarily good for their health. There's growing and there's likely a reason why this is happening and we don't necessarily want to interfere with it. And then finally, as you get older, you break on through through the 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, you are going to become an early bird again, or at the very least, you're going to become earlier than you were before. Certainly somebody who has the genes that kind of push them towards extreme night owl are not ever really going to be as early birds as people who have the genes to become early birds. But you will shift around within a range based off age, early when you're young, late when you're in the middle, and early when you're older. Now, environment is another important factor, and we're just gonna focus on you know three major things your light environment, 
the temperature, specifically your core body temperature, and stress as the three primary environmental signals. Now, if you live in a different environment, say, for example, you know, people who live more towards the equator are going to have a completely different seasonal range of light exposures than people who live more north or more south at higher latitudes. So environment plays an important role. And if we kind of couple back towards the genes we mentioned and, and the hourglass analogy, think of your hourglass. You can have a big hourglass or a small hourglass, and that's going to affect your chronotype. However, you can turn your hourglass. So even if you have a big hourglass and it's slower, so you're more of a night owl, environmental exposures will cause you to flip that hourglass over and essentially affect your circadian rhythms. So we have genes, age, and environment as three very important factors with regard to your chronotype. And then finally, we have behavior. And common behaviors include feeding, exercise, social behaviors, such as hanging out with your friends, sleep hygiene, meaning having a appropriate uh, wind-down routine for sleep, Social jet lag, which is changing your, uh, essentially your exposures on the weekends versus the week. Alcohol, drugs, and electronic device use. These are all things that are behavioral that can drive your chronotype. So we're not simply looking at genes as the only influence on your circadian rhythms and thus your chronotype. We have four major things four different levers that we can pull on to kind of tweak your chronotype. Again, as I mentioned earlier, if you're an extreme night owl by genes, you're more or less not going to be an early bird, an extreme early bird, but you can shift it around a little bit by changing your environment or changing your behavior. And based on your age, it will shift anyway. So there are things we can do to change our chronotype. Whether or not that's an appropriate thing is something you have to determine by doing things like changing your behavior, changing your environment, and seeing how that affects the way you look, feel, and perform on a day-to-day -day basis. So now that we've defined the chronotypes, we could just talk a little bit about chronotype. This is often misrepresent, misrepresented by people. So people think that, you know, I like to be up late and I like to sleep in. So I'm just genetically a night owl. And that's not necessarily the case because your behavior has a pretty strong relationship with your chronotype. We want to be able to switch our chronotype. We do want some variability in there. If you were just stuck in one or the other, there's really no way that we would be able to respond to a changing environment. For example, you know, now it's not a problem because we have unfettered access to food, but you know, a few thousand years ago when we had to hunt for our food, you know, we would want to change, we'd want to change with the environment. We would want our alertness to change if food started presenting itself later or earlier. So being able to kind of slide a little bit one way or the other is very beneficial to us. Um, so just because you're a night owl doesn't mean that you're stuck being a night owl. And it also doesn't necessarily mean that that's healthy because night owls are going to be more driven towards night owl behaviors that aren't necessarily healthy. Like you may be more likely to stay up later watching TV or you would eat later. You're more likely to consume alcohol or go out on the town during a period of time when you shouldn't be exposed to light. 
Um, so, you know, really you have to look at not only what your genes are telling you, which 23andMe will tell you if you're more likely to be a morning person or a night person, but you also have to look at your environment and it could just be the case that you have this set of clock control genes or going back to the analogy, an hourglass that runs a little later. So you're more dependent on the environmental cues to reset that clock every single day. So just because you're a night owl, it does not mean that the behaviors that a night owl does are necessarily healthy. For example, most people who are night owls, you know, they still have to work in an early bird, you know, society. So when they go to work, you know, let's say they get in late, they sleep in a little later than other people, they get in work late, then they work their normal eight hour day, they get home at five, six o'clock, then they start exercising, they don't eat dinner till after that. They're kind of, you know, while they are a night owl, they're stuck in an early bird society. So if you don't have strong control over when you work, you may be, you know, you may have to kind of shift into a slightly more early bird chronotype and you can use your environment to do that. So what you want to do is a, if there are things in your environment that you can't change, you know what, my job is nine to five. You need to kind of look into this and determine, you know, is it my best interest to try to move my chronotype a little earlier? Again, you're not probably not going to go from an extreme night owl to an extreme early bird, but you certainly would want to shift earlier and probably not do both at the same time, wake up early and stay up late because that's going to be counterproductive to your health. An interesting thing you can gain from determining your chronotype is you can identify when you're most productive. Typically, early birds are going to be most productive earlier in the day and night owls are going to be more productive later on in the day. So this is something, if you determine that you are a night owl, you may want to discuss with your boss, hey, you know, I'm a night owl, I get more work done Later in the afternoon, I'm really not that productive at nine. Can I shift my schedule a little later? And that could benefit you. You can also use your chronotype in training for sport. Physical performance is trainable. If you continue to train at the same time of day, you're going to improve your performance at that time of the day. That said, if you are a night owl and you participate in a sport that you know, competitions start at seven, eight, nine o'clock in the morning, you're probably going to have to, you know, train during the times of the day when your competitions are going to happen. Or you could also kind of change throughout the year based off of, you know, you build strength during your off season by, you know, training during times that are better for you. But then as you begin to transition into the actual season, the in-season period, you might want to kind of shift towards when you will be competing. I think a great kind of example of this is generally speaking, humans have their best performance on average between 1 and 3 p.m. And if you think about it, professional football is played. Typically, most games are starting at 1 or around 4.30. So this is really taking advantage of that peak performance time. However, now with Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night football, sometimes teams are playing at 8.30 at night. So there are things you can do to kind of make sure by changing your environment and your behavior, that kind of gets you to shift a little later so that your performance will be a little better. There's a lot of things we can do with your chronotype that we can use to optimize your performance, whether it be as an athlete or your performance at work or your performance as an academic or your performance in school. So the ultimate take home from this is that yes, you are probably going to lean one way or the other, but you are not stuck there 
And you can choose to alter your environment in a way that either gets you to shift towards the periods of time when you'll be working or performing, or you can also just bolster your performance by doing training or studying during periods of time when your performance is best. There's a lot of stuff you can do that you're not really stuck uh, with what you're given genetically. But this brings us to, well, what are the, what's the likelihood that, you know, I'm a night owl or uh, I'm a early bird. The distribution is very hard to get at. There are studies on this. The problem is it's going to change based on the population that you're studying. For example, I mentioned people who live at the equator generally have pretty consistent light exposure throughout the year, whereas people in the northern and southern hemispheres, deeper into those hemispheres, are, are going to have seasonal changes in their light exposure. And then, of course, there are societal and cultural things that are going to drive your chronotype as well. So it's very difficult to say one way or another, you know, 22% of the population are early birds and yada, yada, yada. So... What we see as a general distribution is that 20 to 30% of people are probably going to fall into the earlier times, either definite early bird or moderate early bird. 40 to 60% are going to fall into intermediate. And then finally, night owls are going to be about 20 to 30%, again, moderate or definite. So we can actually kind of tweak this. If I don't think you can expect to go from early bird extreme to uh, extreme night owl, but I do believe you can go from a, a extreme night owl to a moderate night owl or perhaps even in an intermediate area. Con Additionally, you could also go from intermediate to early if you'd like. There's some kind of change that you can make here, but in order to do that, first you have to identify your chronotype and then you kind of need to tweak the variables that are important for setting your chronotype, which is kind of the impetus that I have for, you know, the Hacker Online Health Coaching is just kind of tweaking things, measuring change, seeing how your body responds to it, and then tweaking it some more so that you can come up with an indiv individualized way to do that. However, to do that, we first have to identify your chronotype. So now we have all the information. We know there's something we can do about it. How do we take this information on the, the variables that kind of change your chronotype and put it into something actionable that you can use to help improve your life and to make sure that it actually is improving your life? Well, the first step of the process is using something called the morningness, eveningness questionnaire. And what the morningness, eveningness questionnaire does is it essentially gives you your chronotype and it has been validated against other measures uh, of circadian rhythm. So this is a really useful tool that you can have. Again, it's going to give you five types. You're going to answer the questions, it takes maybe five or 10 minutes to do, and then it's going to spit out a number and tell you what that number means. So the lower you are on the scale, you're going to be a definite evening person. You're moving on up, then your moderate evening, somewhere in the middle, intermediate, and the higher numbers are going to be a moderate morning person or a definite morning person. Again, this is based not only on your genes, but also on your behavior. So you can shift this a bit. And so what we want to do is to see if A, we can shift it, B, what we need to do to shift it, and C, when we apply these principles, do these provide benefits to us or Conversely, doesn't make us feel worse. So 
what we want to do first is take this test. Then we want to kind of change some of the variables I mentioned before. Uh, you can't really change your genes or your age. So we're talking about the environmental factors such as light, temperature, and stress, and the behavioral factors such as feeding, exercise, social interaction, sleep hygiene, avoiding things like social jet lag, limiting alcohol and drugs, and reducing your electronic device use. So we're going to take those variables, we're going to tweak them, Make sure you're very specific because people often kind of make general goals and then just kind of not really follow through on them. So come up with very concrete things that you want to do that you want to change and then measure them, whether you need a checklist or however you want to do it. So then you're going to have your chronotype. You're going to make some changes, address your environment and your behavior. And then after some period of time, you want to reassess. What I like to do is I like to, along the way, measure things that circadian rhythms regulate. For example, I'll measure my resting heart rate, my heart rate variability, your blood sugar response. You can even come up with some subjective questionnaires. How do you feel in the morning? I love using activity trackers with people because they often give you a, um, uh, they, in addition to measuring your heart rate and how active you are, some of them can do body temperature, heart rate variability, and a very key measure that I like to use is sleep and within sleep, REM sleep. Because REM sleep is highly regulated by circadian rhythm. So if you're getting a lot of REM sleep, that's a good thing, signifying that you're getting benefit from uh, the program. Now, it is important to point out that the other non-REM sleep that these devices measure typically not very good. So these devices can generally differentiate between REM sleep, rapid eye movement sleep, and non-REM sleep, but they really can't break up the non-REM sleep into the appropriate stages between, you know, just say light sleep or deep sleep. And the reasoning behind this is when you're going through REM sleep, your body is essentially par paralyzed, so you won't move at all. And, and there are just physiological responses that these devices can measure that can spit out REM sleep. So things like sleep duration, uh, the amount of time you're giving yourself to sleep as well, uh, and REM sleep are pretty good measures that you can get from these devices. But um, another important thing to point out is if you get stressed out about getting bad at bad news, maybe these devices aren't for you, but I find them to be very, very useful in determining if the things that I'm recommending for lifestyle change are actually working for people. So we've taken the MEQ, we've identified the environmental and behavior factors we want to address, and we are assessing how our body is responding to doing this, sleep, activity, heart rate, heart rate variability, etc. And then we want to reassess our morningness evening this questionnaire again and if we've changed if we've shifted has there been a, an overall beneficial effect from doing so and if so perhaps there are more things you can do to kind of goose this along for example i mentioned in the environmental factors you can change temperature specifically core body temperature while things like feeding and exercise are going to affect your core body temperature as is alcohol and drugs so you can really push multiple levers here to kind of drive a stronger, greater circadian amplitude. And circadian amplitude, a greater amplitude is just going to develop a, a much stronger rhythm. And at the same time, we can kind of shift that phase angle in the circadian period, not the free running period, because you're not free running, you're exposing yourself to environmental cues. But we can really push these factors to try to find the sweet spot between our genes and age our environment and our behavior 
and how we can tweak these things to optimize our performance, whether it be your performance at work or your performance as an athlete. So I just really like this kind of process of testing MEQ, changing behavior while measuring performance variables, and then reassessing MEQ, and then doing it again until you find out a personalized program for you that works best. This is how you use the chronotype information to your advantage. So many people just say, I like to go to bed at midnight, so I'm a night owl. That's not actually true, especially if you are not controlling your environment in a way that addresses light, body temperature, stress, and all the other factors I mentioned before. Again, going back to what I said, just because you're a night owl doesn't mean that the things night owls do are beneficial to health. So this is just a, a great system. I love using this system with people. It works out fabulously. And people often find that, you know what, I'm not really just stuck being an extreme night owl. And in fact, think about how much better your life would be if you went from being a, an extreme night owl to the intermediate type, especially if you have to be to work at 9 a.m. in the morning. You're going to feel better, you're going to perform better, and your chances are you're going to look better. You're going to have a smile on your face. You're not going to have bags under your eyes. You know, other factors you can use such as exercise, diet, and um, you know, just making yourself overall happy person are really going to improve your quality of life. And so that's basically what we are looking to use chronotype for. We don't just want to say, oh, I'm a, uh, a night owl, so I need to completely change my lifestyle to represent that of a night owl. So a lot of night owls end up kind of being in that whole service industry where they're out late at night working at bars. You got strobing lights. You know, there are, you know, hundreds of people in these rooms, so the temperature is increasing, and you're just really kind of pulling your physiology away from the day-night cycle, and that's not a great thing to do. So again, I just cannot say it enough. Identify your chronotype using the MEQ. I will attach the MEQ I prefer to use. It's an online MEQ. I'll attach that in the email that I uh, send out and, and likely the blog as well. And take the test, change some things, measure some things, take the test again and see. Ultimately, that's your best bet. Just assuming you're a night owl and doing nothing about it is not necessarily a, a good approach. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Hack Your Gut podcast. Saying goodbye, this is your host, Dave Mayo. I hope you take this information to heart and begin using this information to your advantage. One of the more frustrating things I see is that when I start working with people is that they think, that they're just genetically a night owl and there's nothing they can do about it. Or even some people think they're genetically early birds. But since we live in an early bird society, very few people are concerned with that. But if you're an athlete or just a regular old Joe who wants to be happier, who wants to accomplish more in your job and have greater relationships with your family members, you really should take the morningness, eveningness questionnaire and determine your chronotype and see if potentially you can find a schedule, a circadian schedule, that makes you happier, that makes you healthier, and helps you avoid chronic disease. There's nothing more frustrating than seeing somebody who can dramatically improve themselves, whether you're a sport coach trying to get your athletes to get better, or you're just somebody who wants to be happier and feel more fulfilled. Take this information to heart. Take the first step. You've listened to the podcast. Now go get that morning, morningness, eveningness questionnaire. 
determine a few things you want to change with your lifestyle. Use some measures that can determine if your progress is happening or if you are actually seeing a, a negative result. And then reassess and tweak some more. That's the best way to develop an individualized circadian schedule. Take care now. Bye-bye.